Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Hello, lovers of liberty. Welcome back to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. This is America. It is March 8th, 2021, and I'm scratching my head. Apparently, our news media now wants us all to believe that gropey Joe Biden has solved all of the major problems in the United States of America. And on planet Earth, by the way. Everything is awesome. No more war, no more China virus, no more immigration issues, no more poverty, no more racism, no employment issues. Except, of course, the blatant racism of the Queen of England and her racist, lily-white family of racist racists with their racism racism and their racist racism bigotry. Now, I usually make it a point to never, ever even acknowledge the monarchy over in England and to never speak of the non-important issues involving the crown, the royals, the totally unimportant happenings in Mother England, because the very notion of any false importance in the old country have zero, actually even less than zero, bearings on life here in America. Remember, we Americans left England on purpose to escape the monarchy to escape the rule of kings and queens and lords and ladies. We developed this new world of freedom and democratic republic called America, remember? Anything to do with the royal family in England, to me, is little more than fodder for the tabloid headlines at the supermarket checkout. You know, the paper that goes in the bottom of your bird's cage. But now I feel compelled, my friends, to share the very most important news story on planet Earth. Because the almighty, the all-powerful, the all-knowing Oprah has emerged from her latest eating binge to discuss racism in the monarchy. Meghan Markle, a divorced half-black tramp, some kind of way, a few years ago, got her nasty little fingernail claws around one of Princess Diana's boys. And she's a half-Blafrican-American double-A divorcee, a minority, a commoner. And supposedly the queen don't be liking no black folks. Imagine that. And Meghan Markle and her ginger prince... The crybaby Prince Harry. ...disliked things in the monarchy so much that they made the sacrifice of leaving their titles behind. That should be the end of the story. A story that goes something like this. Once upon a time in merry old England, there was a prince named Charles, and he married a beautiful woman named Diana. And they had two children, and their two children were called princes. But the marriage was a sham, and so Charles, who would never become king because his mother decided to rule into her 90s, said, eh uh-uh. and Charles decided to screw around with another woman. And his lovely bride, the Princess Diana, was shacking up with a Saudi prince and got killed in a tunnel. Fast forward years later, and the two sons of Princess Diana and Prince Charles led to their monarch lives without incident. That is, until one of the princes, the crybaby Prince Harry, the younger, decided to get married to a commoner. But not just any commoner, 
a double A African American foreign divorcee commoner. And they decided to bear offspring of their own. And the queen said, uh-uh, we don't like black folks in the monarchy. So the couple set out to leave the monarchy. And that, my friends, is the end of the story. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Rich ginger prince. The crybaby Prince Harry. Dislikes things so much that he left his title behind. And that should be the end of it. Rich Caucasian prince falls for native double A half black foreigner and gives up his fourth in line place on the throne of a no power monarchy where the family is just one giant welfare case with zero authority over anything and the angry biracial couple rides off into the sunset forever giving up the trappings of royalty. He becomes a manager at a Pep Boys. She stays home and raises the biracial children and learns to get along with the moms at Carpool. That's the way it should be. But she is a washed up wannabe actress. And she loves her some controversy. And she loves her some Oprah. And being there is a claim of racism, of bigotry. Well, the Oprah had to put down her triple meat sandwich and large chocolate mocha shake because she just felt like she had to be speaking about it. And what better time could it possibly be with the U.S. media news outlets begging for content, some way to divert the American people's attention away from the gropey Joe and camel toe failures in the presidency? They had to get gropey Joe out of the spotlight. They couldn't wait to make this story a front page headline. There bees racism in the castle, y'all. And I's gonna tells you all about it. This Oprah will be back after I get a snack. This, my friends, is important. Please, oh please, tell me how. Please tell me that the American people are not that stupid. Please tell me how there's not outright outrage at the fact that it has been 47 days since Gropey Joe was inaugurated and not one reporter has been allowed to ask him a single solitary question outside of the few pre-scripted, well-rehearsed, cue card-based question and answer sessions that Gropey Joe has been involved in with very friendly media sources. Please tell me why there's no outrage that the American people have not seen Joe do one thing other than practice his penmanship by signing his name on myriad executive orders put before him by the puppet masters running the show. Please tell me why there's no outrage and why we've not even seen him speak one time off the cuff without cue cards in front of him as he fumbles and mumbles behind a mask and never makes eye contact with the camera. He never speaks without a teleprompter or his wife standing there telling him where to sit, where to stand, and what to do with his hands. Please tell me why there's no outrage that not a single hint has been made that Gropy Joe is even awake at 11 o'clock Eastern time each day. Please tell me why there's no outrage that the White House can simply just put a lid on the day's activities when Joe needs a nap. The immigrants are cruising over the southern border and we're allowing COVID-positive invaders to simply come on down. We're still locking down entire cities and states for a virus that kills less than 0.0003% of people who get it. 
despite the fact that the former president, Donald Trump, ushered in a virus vaccine in a historic record short period of time. We're on the brink of war in the Middle East after the former president brokered historic peace accords. We have rising fuel costs. Gasoline and diesel are through the roof. We have record unemployment. And we have a president who not only canceled the very important wall at the southern border to keep illegal immigrants with COVID out of our nation, along with criminals, you know, child traffickers, drug traffickers, rapists, murderers, terrorists. But this president also canceled the vital Keystone Energy Pipeline at the northern border, which is leading to part of the reason why your fuel prices have gone up. He canceled leases on federal lands and waters so that the oil companies now have to go further and further away to get the oil necessary to run a nation. Please, please, please tell me why the American people are falling for this crap. Please tell me that the American people are not that stupid to think that some crybaby Prince Harry in merry old England is more important than these major events and happenings right here in the good old U.S. of A. Of course, I might be giving the American sheeple way too much credit. After all, the American sheeple supposedly elected the clown car team of gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris, Nazi Pelosi, Chuckle Schumer, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, ignorant Sheila Lee, racist Cory Booker, shifty Adam Schiff, crazy Bernie, Rashida, Focahontas, Beto, and the rest of these people to public office. Perhaps a return to the British monarchy might not be such a bad idea after all. And we won't have to put up with whiny Megan. The crybaby Prince Harry. The bottom line is the royals are a perfect trio of what the West has become in its entirety. Filthy rich people who have no appreciation for what they have, who spread the message of victimhood to the masses, and seek pity and sympathy from people far, far less fortunate than them. And while these clowns are trying to make you feel sorry for them, realize that a billionaire celebrity was talking to millionaire royals from an idyllic multi-million dollar villa, the height of hypocrisy. And yet millions of people will feel sympathy and feel empathy and feel sorrow for these entitled clowns. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And this just in, 90% of COVID deaths occur in countries with high obesity levels. Well, what do you think? Healthy people are going to get sick? Nearly 90% of coronavirus fatalities have occurred in countries with high obesity levels, according to researchers, who now want overweight people to be put first in line for vaccinations. Hey, you, they put down a hamburger and go down for vaccination. Oh, no, man, I'm just busy eating this fried chicken right now. I'm going to go my vaccination in a little while. Oh, no, man, they say us people are a little bit overweight. We could probably die because we overweight. I don't care, man. I gotta finish eating this chicken before I go and get no damn shot, you heard? Death rates were 10 times higher in countries like the United States, where at least 50% of the total population is overweight, 
according to the highly trusted World Health Organization-backed study released by the World Obesity Federation. The World Health Organization Director General said, This must act as a wake-up call to the governments globally. The correlation between obesity and mortality rates from COVID-19 is clear and compelling. Weight is now believed to be the second biggest predictor of severe illness from the virus after age, according to the study, which represents medical professionals at 50 regional and national obesity associations. Now, we all know that millions of dollars was spent to do studies on this. And Johns Hopkins University and the WHO Global Health Observatory data showed that a total of 2.2 million out of the 2.5 million deaths worldwide were in countries with high levels of obesity. Researchers didn't find any examples of high COVID-19 death rates in countries where less than 40% of the population was overweight, according to the report. For example, Vietnam has the lowest coronavirus death rate in the world and the second lowest level of overweight people. 0.04 deaths per 100,000 from COVID-19 with 18.3% of adults overweight, according to the data. By contrast, the United Kingdom has the third highest COVID-19 death rate in the world and the fourth highest obesity rate. Their COVID rate was 184 deaths per 100,000 with 63% of adults being overweight. Right here in the good old U.S. of A., the U.S. saw 152 COVID deaths per 100,000 and is reported to have a 68% obesity rate. Oh, we fat Americans are in for big, big trouble. According to a study released last month, Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine will be less effective in protecting fatties. Researchers in Rome found that obese people who had received two doses of the vaccine generated a weaker antibody response. The study, which has not been peer-reviewed yet, evaluated the effectiveness on the vaccine on 248 healthcare workers seven days after the initial dose. And some researchers at the National Cancer Institute Regina Elena found that those considered obese, meaning people with a body mass index over 30, produced half the amount of antibodies compared with people who had a healthy body weight, meaning that fatties don't grow antibodies as well as skinnies. It's not currently known what level of antibodies is necessary to neutralize the virus, but experts fear that a reduced antibody response may hinder inoculation efforts. Steve Z of the Truth Hurts Program. Your new president, Gropey Joe Biden, has officially created a gender policy council within the White House as part of two new executive orders he signed Monday to mark International Women's Day. Wait a minute. We're recognizing International Women's Day? Isn't that kind of sexist, Mr. President? What about the other 111 genders? In a statement, Gropey Joe said, our nation, as an all-nation, women have fought for justice, shattered barriers, built and sustained economies, carried communities through times of crisis, served with dignity and resolve. Too often they've done so being denied freedom, full participation, equal opportunity, all women are due. I'll translate that into English, into coherent, understandable English for you. In a statement, Gropey Joe said, quote, In our nation, as in all nations, women have fought for justice, shattered barriers, built and sustained economies, 
carried communities through times of crisis, and served with dignity and resolve. Too often, they have done so while being denied the freedom, full participation, and equal opportunity all women are due, unquote. The council will include a staff of four, three of whom will hold the title of special assistant to the president, according to a senior administration official who previewed the two executive orders. The council's mandate is to work across the federal government's domestic and foreign policies to fight discrimination, bias, boost economic security, increase access to health care, and advance general equality through diplomacy, trade, and defense. The second executive order asks the Department of Education to re-examine the Trump administration's policies and rulemaking on Title IX, the 1972 law which governs the way sex-based discrimination in schools is handled. The goal, according to one official, is to ensure students have an education free of sexual violence. Biden's executive order instructs the agency to make sure all policies related to Title IX are consistent with the ethos of the Biden-Harris administration. One of the officials said, President Biden knows we need a government-wide focus on uplifting the rights of all women and girls in the U.S. and around the world, restoring America as a champion for gender equity. Well, that's fine when there's only two genders, Mr. President. If there's a true bias against females, that needs to be addressed. I agree. If a job requires that a person, no matter their gender, be able to lift a 90-pound sack of flour onto a cart, then if there's a woman who can lift that 90-pound sack of flour and she does so with consistency equal to her male counterparts, she should be paid the same wage. If she can't, she shouldn't. But now you're going to add 111 other genders? Tell me, Gropey Joe, when is International Fluid Gender Day? When is International Vapor Gender Day? When is International Transitioning from Male to Female but Still Gender Queer Gender Appreciation Day? We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. I want to set up a small story for you quickly, and it is about the guy who started at the bottom of a company and worked his way up through the ranks and worked his way into a management position and now has all of the responsibility for the safety and the well-being of his employees, for production, for adherence to production schedules, for quality control, and all the other things that managers find themselves responsible for. And that young man, and now because of his hard work and dedication, he has managed to earn about $70,000 a year in salary. And because he worked really hard in 2020 and his company was doing really well under the Donald Trump administration, he managed to get an $11,000 bonus. Of course, that bonus was taxed all to hell by our system of taxation, but all in all for the year, right around $81,000. But because the economy has taken a crap under gropey Joe Biden and things are continuing to head downward, the company says we don't really see an opportunity to continue, so we're going to have to lay you off or severely curtail your job and cut your pay way, way, way back. Now, because our friend 
earned 81000 last year, he will be left out of the new Gropey Joe stimulus program. No $1,400 check for you, my friend. You made too much money last year. 81000 Well, you're considered rich. Now, I want you to think for just a moment of what $80,000 actually means to a guy. First and foremost, about 23000 is withheld from him for taxes alone. So, he doesn't have 80000 anymore. And they're taking out money for Social Security, FICA, and all the other things, not to mention his state income tax. With a house note of about 1200 a month, that's another 14400 gone. And with a car note of right around 400 well, you do the math. At the end of the year, he doesn't have a whole hell of a lot left, especially since his health care costs him around $1,200 a month as well. Add to that utilities, groceries, trips to the doctor, fuel for his vehicle. He's not left with a whole hell of a lot of money. But Gropey Joe Biden this year said, that's too much money. And so he will not be getting an economic stimulus payment. Remember when Gropey Joe Biden promised everybody $2,000 for everybody? Well, that was a lie. And then it was $1,400 for everybody. And that too was a lie. So briefly going back to the $80,000 a year salary after taking out the house note, the truck note, the health insurance, the state and the federal taxes and the FICA alone, our friend takes home about $23,000 a year. And that again is before the utilities, before the cable bill, before the cell phone bill, before groceries, before any kind of life, before any fuel whatsoever. 23000 is less than 2000 a month for him to live on. But Gropey Joe says, you don't get the $1,400 check. But guess what, boys and girls? Guess who will get the $1,400 check to stimulate our economy? Inmates at prisons. You heard me correctly. This morning it was announced that inmates in prison are eligible for the $1,400 stimulus payments. Now, if that doesn't shock you, I don't know what the hell will. As of 2016, there were 2.3 million people incarcerated in the United States of America. That's a rate of about 700 people per 100,000 population. Now, I want to do some simple math. Sometimes I'm going to carry the one. That's $3,220,000,000 of the stimulus money that will be going directly to prisoners in the United States of America. Why? Well, because if they're in prison, they can't be making $80,000 a year now, can they? They're in prison, so they're entitled to the $1,400 stimulus check. All of it, not a portion, but the whole thing. Now, will that be deducted from amounts that they owe in restitution? Uh -uh. Will that be deducted from the amount of money that's being spent on them to house them and educate them and clothe them and feed them? Uh -uh. Three billion two hundred twenty million dollars of eligible money going to potentially every prisoner in the United States of America. Are you outraged yet? How can those people be stimulating the economy? How can people in prison possibly contribute to the economy? 
and to its recovery. How in God's good name could this happen in America? Well, when you have a president who is all for defunding the police, demonizing law enforcement, and giving right after right after privilege after privilege to criminals, and saying to the victims of crime, eh, go screw yourself. It's no wonder why this process put into place by Democrats to help prisoners who are mostly Democrats to get $1,400 of my money and your money, tax dollars, that could not possibly stimulate anything but their own pocketbooks in prison. It's disgusting, boys and girls. Telegram for prisoner 43449283334. Yeah, go ahead and read it to me, because I've been in the system for 34 years and I don't read too good. Dear prisoner 43449283334, stop. You have been awarded a U.S. government COVID stimulus payment of $1,400 by your president, Democrat Joseph R. Biden. Stop. This money is being allocated to help you recover from any economic shortfalls you may have experienced due to COVID-19. Stop. Don't forget to vote Democrat from your cell in the next election. Stop. That is all. Oh man, $1,400. What am I going to do with that in prison, y'all? I'm about to send my girl back home. Let her go buy some shoes. Thank you, President Joseph R. Biden. So to hell with anyone who makes over a certain amount of money. You don't need a stimulus, but prisoners, well, they need the stimulus. And they didn't even need Camel Toe Harris to pass it because 48 Democrat senators voted for the measure, two independents voted for the measure, and only 49 Republicans voted against it. It seems that Dan Sullivan was not present, the Republican from Alaska, for the vote which would have forced a Camel Toe Harris vote to pass it anyway. News sources say that Sullivan returned home for his father-in-law's funeral, and that was more important than the entire United States of America's economy being flushed down the toilet. And according to Jen Pisaki, the Pisak lady from the White House, if you are a single American making up to $75,000, you'll get something. If you're a head of household, you can make up to $112,500. And married couples jointly can make up to $150,000 to get some of the $1,400 direct payments. I'm telling you folks, they're running the economy down the toilet and they all have golden parachutes. And you feel like you're taking a golden shower. All rise. This hearing will come to order. The Honorable Judge Wilt Chamberlain Haller is presiding. Will the defendant please rise? State your name, age, and occupation for the record. Yeah, my name is Tiffany DeFeminine, and I'm a 36-year-old. I am a transitioning transgender from male to female, and I am currently the janitorial and custodial representative employee of the Chaz Bono Junior High School. The defendant is charged with voyeurism for being a grown man inside a little girl's restroom and peeking into the stalls while the little girls do their, their business. How do you plead? 
Used to be standing up, but I'm trying to learn how to do it sitting down. No, I said plea, not pee. Uh, not guilty. I was, I was looking, uh, I was looking into the stalls so I could do my janitor gig, you know, clean things up. And, um, Yana, in my defense, I just transgenderized from being a man to feeling like I wanted to be a woman. So I put on a skirt and dressed myself up nice and put on a little makeup and I, 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 to be honest, I wasn't quite sure how you, um, how you, you know, how to wipe like a real girl. So I, I, I was just having a little peekaboo, a little look-see, uh, a glance. The charge says you had your skirt hiked up and your, your male appendage in your hand. And you were, how should I put this, uh, polishing the pickle. Now that's not true. I was trying to hold it up with one hand while I watched the little girl finishing her, uh, uh, uh paperwork. And, uh, it slipped out of my hand, so I was trying to hold on to it and keep it out of the way so I could imitate what she was doing with, with, you know, with my other hand and some tissue. And since Joe Biden says it's okay and perfectly normal for me to be in there, because today I decided to identify as a woman, I don't see anything wrong with what I did. Well, as sick and depraved as this may seem, Tiffany, the new laws on the books say it's okay for you to be in that bathroom, so we're going to have to let you go. But, Your Honor, that's my daughter. Oh, great. Thank you, Your Honor. You tell that little daughter of yours that I'll be seeing her and all her little friends in the girls' bathroom every day from now on. Wow, and that, unfortunately, is going to wrap up this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, turn it off. Keep it to yourself. Nobody cares. It's just entertainment mixed with the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved.